Hello, hello, it's Sunday, which means new episode time. Hi, if you're just joining me for the first time, welcome. This is Twisted Wicked Crime with me, Christina. So how is everyone today? Um, I actually did a brand new intro uh, transition and I kind of digging it. Um, I kind of wanted to switch it up because I wasn't feeling the other one and I haven't been playing around with it too much, but kind of liking this one. So I think we're going to stick with it for a little bit. So if you were kind of thrown off guard by that, I apologize. Um, And I do apologize in advance. When I started to sit down to get this set up to record, my neighbor behind me started using a leaf blower. Um, They have since stopped, but I don't know if they're going to continue. So I'm going to apologize and tell you if you hear that um, during this, I'm sorry. I just wanted to get this out to you and hey, life, right? Um, My daughter and husband are also here, so you might hear that in the background. But again, life, and so this isn't, you know, this is a podcast. It's it's me, it's in the raw, it's things around me, so you're, you might pick up some stuff. So hopefully my neighbor behind me will keep his leaf blower at bay. I got my coffee. Sadly, it's not Starbucks today. Um, I really was tempted to have a glass of wine but it's only 1.45 in the afternoon. I'm making pot roast tonight and I put wine in it. Um, I did my pot roast in the oven and I was so tempted, you guys, but I made myself some Keurig coffee instead. But anyway, I can't believe tomorrow is Monday already and I'm ready to kick ass at the week ahead, right? Is everybody else? And I'm ready to dive in today's case. This case in infuriates me. Infuriates me? I said that totally wrong. This is a really, really tough one. And I know I say that they all are, but this one is just downright brutal on all forms. We are going to kind of talk about a love triangle, but not really. It's just petty bitch, jealous teenagers. And I'm telling you, this case infuriates me. It just, I, I'm getting angry and I haven't even started talking about it yet. <sighs> so today we are going to talk about the horrific murder of Adrienne Reynolds, who was just 16 years old when she was murdered in 2005. She attended an alternative high school called Black Hawk College Outreach Program in East Mellon, Millen, Illinois. And um, at this school, she attended with along two classmates, Sarah Kolb and Corey Gregory. And this is when it all happens when she's attending the school. And these are your three key players, okay? So you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot about Sarah and Corey and Adrian. Um, Adrienne, I keep saying her name wrong because it's spelled a little differently, but I'm pretty sure it's Adrienne. But anyway, so like I said, this case infuriates me and something about this school, um, I'll mention again later, but I want to mention now. So this school that she ends up attending is for troubled teens, teens looking to get their GED. It's not like your normal high school. So a lot of the kids that go here are they've been into some trouble and Adrienne unfortunately was one of those teens and that's why she's attending this school. And I will mention a little later um, as well when the case kind of wraps up 
but the school required all the students to keep journals, um, write down their thoughts and feelings, you know, like a journal. But my question, and this is where it really infuriates me, and you're going to see why when I read you some journal entries of Sarah Cole, because spoiler alert, she's our killer if you haven't figured that out yet. She's scary, by the way. Super scary. I am wondering who the hell was in charge of reading these journals, if they even read them, because what she writes in hers is disturbing. And we we will get there, okay? But let's let's begin with Adrian, okay? So Adrian was born on September 12th, 1988 in Kilgore, Texas. Now her <coughs> excuse me. Now her mother Carolyn was only 16 years old when she gave birth to her. So a super young mom, which meant Adrian's father was not in the picture. <coughs> excuse me. He pieced out. And I'm guessing when Carolyn got pregnant, I'm not 100% sure. I couldn't really find sources on that. Um, Carolyn was young. She wasn't like the best mom. And she, I think she was trying, but mm, really didn't go very well. But eventually Carolyn did get remarried to a very nice man named Tony, who eventually ended up adopting Adrian. He really, truly did love her. This was his daughter, and this was the only dad she had really known. I don't even think she really knew her birth father, actually. Um, and so he became her dad, and that was just the two pair. Now, Adrian grew up in Longville, Texas, and her family moved around a lot. And that later becomes an issue to where she doesn't do well in school. Now, five years into their marriage, Carolyn and Tony got divorced. And this is really when Adrian starts becoming a troubled kid slash teenager. Um, she was living like a nomad life with her mom. Her mom would move them around all the time, um, usually for better rent or just a place that she liked better. So she didn't really have stability in school. So she was always falling behind and she started doing poorly and she was getting into like drinking and drugs. I think weed, but weed's not a drug to me. But this even said that she spent some time in rehab. Um, I saw some sources say that. I don't know how true that is, but she's she's not doing well and her mom isn't really helping the case. You know, kids need stability in their life, right? I wouldn't want to be moved around. I wasn't a horrible student to begin with, but you're going to move me around from school to school. I'm really not going to do well. Now, in 2003, her mom remarried, and this is really when Adrienne was really clashing with her mom. So she's already getting in trouble at school and doing the troubled things and moving around and not doing one. Now she's starting to clash with her mom. Now, I feel so bad for Adrienne. Because I, she was a good kid at one point, and she just bounced around and didn't have the direction that she needed, and so it went off course. But there is a good kid in there. Um, she just needs the help. Now, her mom was worried she wasn't getting the guidance she deserved. Okay, so right on, Carolyn. She does care for her daughter, and she does want the best. Okay, let's let's be clear about that. She's just not the best mom to be to her. Now, Carolyn and her new husband worked about 80 hours each a week, so they weren't really around. 
and her mom was worried about her safety and thought it would be best if Adrian went to live with her dad, Tony, in Illinois. Tony, you guys, is such a good guy. He was so excited to have his daughter. He wanted to get to know her better, and Adrian wanted that too, plus a fresh start to stop. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> a fresh start to start somewhere stable and consistent. Um, Tony, her dad later did say she was a trouble. She was a hard kid. She was hard to deal with, but they wanted to help her and get things right. Now, you guys, I want this too. I want to see Adrian thrive. She was, she was a smart girl that just had a rough go at things. Now, like I said, her mom wasn't the best mom, but she did want the best and I get it. It's tough being a single parent. I don't know what that's like, and I don't want to know what that's like, but I have single parent friends, and it's tough for them, and so they're doing their best. Now, Tony had remarried himself, and I don't know anything about the stepmom, but I'm sure she was sweet and welcomed Adrian with open arms. Now, they really wanted to help her, right? Because like I said, her dad said she was constantly getting into trouble, now, this is when her father and stepmom enrolled her into the Blackhawks school, the one that I told you about for the troubled kids. And you can use your imagination of what type of kids went here. I kind of described like what they were after when they went to the school, but just use your imagination. Adrienne had dreams. You know, she was not only super pretty, by the way, she wanted to be in the Marines. So good for her, you guys. She's really, she was putting it out there and she wanted, she knew what she wanted and she was going after it. Now she also got a job at Wendy's and she's trying to get her life back on track and reach her dream of being a Marine. While attending the school, she met Sarah Kolb. Okay, so let's talk about Sarah. Oh my God. Let's talk about Sarah, shall we? First off, we hate her for so many reasons, not just the horrible things that she does to a so-called friend and so-called lover. That's right, I said that because I said this is kind of like a weird love triangle, but Sarah's a horrible murderer, okay? We fucking hate her. Sarah was 16 years old at this time, and she was a popular girl at school. Now, this is a weird type of popular because it's not like the popular like when I went to high school because of the kids that went there. She was known as a juggalo and for those of you that don't know it was what major fans of icp called themselves okay so for anyone that doesn't know icp icp stands for insane clown posse and i remember their music and it was pretty scary and i remember when they came on the scene and it was super dark and twisted and not a band that i was interested in and not in the least bit wanting to be a juggalo. And I remember when this band came around, I was in high school and maybe a little bit of middle school, but I was in high school and I had friends that would call themselves juggalos and it scared me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so this band, they had a ton of jugg juggalos. It wasn't just Sarah. Okay. Sarah was one of course. And even Adrian, actually, she liked this band. This school wasn't your normal high school. So this is what was considered popular. Sarah was known to speak her mind and was someone you do not want to cross, if you get my drift. 
she was mouthy and inconsiderate and she had a serious anger problem. She would get upset over the stupidest little things and was known to lash out and then throw things at people. I, this girl was like seriously troubled. She had a serious problem. Now people for some reason were attracted to her and she was the queen bee of the school. I, it is so strange. Um, I'm going to, you know, I always post pictures and this girl actually terrifies me. Like, I feel like I've seen her enough that she's going to like haunt my dreams and make them nightmares. She is just, not just because of what she did. Like she is scary. Oh my God. It's just strange. Now, Sarah actually seemed like she was hiding potential at the same time, which is horrible because she becomes a horrible murderer. So why throw your life away? It's something that I will never understand, especially because of jealousy. That's right. Jealousy is going to cause this whole whirlwind of events. And I'm going to take a sip of my coffee real quick. If I drink coffee too late in the day, I'm not going to go to sleep tonight. Oh my gosh, you guys, you guys watch Yellow Jackets? I'm getting sidetracked, but <gasps> premiere tonight. I'm so excited. It's back. I'm going to get my drink on and watch the show. Um, okay, back to the story. Okay, so in 2004, she was smoking. Okay, so she, meaning Sarah, was smoking in between classes with just some kids that were around and Adrian, the new girl walks by Sarah. Now Sarah says to these people as she's smoking her ciggy, Hey, she's hot. I'm going to get her. Excuse me. What dude? It's like, she's marking her territory on Adrian before even meeting her. She's like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this girl mine. This girl is extra, extra. Okay. And I, going to say it again. I hate her so much. This just infuriates me. So Adrian and Sarah met that day in November and they hit it off and very quickly became friends. Adrian really doesn't need to get mixed up with Sarah. Okay. Adrian was troubled. And like I said before, she might have spent some time in rehab, but she even cut herself at times. So she, she really does not need to be around Sarah. Now, her and Sarah together become very bad news. Sarah took her under her wing, if you will, and they spent a lot of time together and they were always on the phone with each other. Very, very clicky with each other. And it was kind of concerning Tony, her dad, which rightfully so. I mean, Sarah's scary looking and, you know, not a girl that I as a parent would want my daughter hanging around. So her dad is showing concerns and at the same time, he's kind of like, well, at least she's making friends and, you know, she's she's going to work. She's doing her schoolwork. She's doing well. So I guess no harm done, right? Sarah is bisexual and was very open about that. Adrian, like I said, was a very pretty girl and she was a big flirt with the boys at school, but she was also flirty towards Sarah. So Adrian was bi-curious. She wasn't and hadn't come out as bi, but she was developing feelings for Sarah. So she's kind of starting to lean that way. So she's more curious. 
She was showing interest in dating Sarah, and this is when Adrian started to be more like Sarah, dressing like her and talking like her, just super unhealthy. Corey, who we haven't really mentioned yet, except for at the very beginning, I mentioned his name. Now, he was very close friend with Sarah, and he would say the girls were very close with each other and that their feelings were moving very fast. Now, don't worry if you're wondering about Corey. He's a piece of shit just like Sarah. He's also a murderer in the sense, and this bitch asked did nothing to stop this. Just throwing that out there now. Corey thought about Corey, okay? He really did. He, I hate him too. And you can watch interviews with him later, and I'm not going to go into his interviews because they just, they're just stupid. And his reasonings are stupid. He's just stupid. His face is stupid. I hate him. So let's talk about Corey, shall we? Now, he is the boyfriend. Not like that. Just the friend that is a boy of Sarah. And Sarah and him were inseparable. Sarah actually had Corey wrapped around her finger and could get Corey to do anything for her. And then you'll all see what he does for her. It's just disgusting. Now, Corey was actually obsessed with her. He did this, I'm sure, would do all these things because he was obsessed with her and in love with Sarah. Um, so that she would come to really love him. I think that's why he he did the things that he did and was like her little bitch. Now, he isn't innocent, so don't feel so bad for him. Now, Adrian. In the picture of the three were just like a peas in a pot. The three hung out all the time. They were all inseparable. And oh boy, Corey professed his love to Sarah and he just lays it out on the line. While Corey is fawning over Sarah, Sarah is developing serious feelings for Adrian. Is anybody confused? Because <laughs> I am. So in non-teenage talk, Corey's professing his love for Sarah, and Sarah's like, fuck off, dude. I, I love Adrian, okay? That's why I'm telling you this is a weird love triangle. Now, Sarah is developing serious features for Adrian. She, now, Adrian likes Sarah, but she was also getting very noticed by guys in school. Adrian was liking the attention and leaving Sarah in the dust. Uh-oh. Sarah definitely felt like she was losing control with Adrian. And uh-oh, again, we don't want to make Sarah upsetty, poo No, no, no. Sarah, you remember, she lashes out and it's not good. Now, Sarah felt like she was losing her spot as Queen Bee at this point, which, holy hell, you don't want that. Really, not with this bitch. With all this, she still wanted to date Adrian, though. I'm telling you, this girl is psycho. Okay, so she wanted to put Adrian through a test to see how loyal she was. This is bad. You don't want Sarah. You don't want a Sarah test. I don't want any test by Sarah. I got goosebumps just thinking about getting a test by Sarah, especially for, like, a love thing. Well, it's happening, and Sarah and Corey invite her to a party, a place called Party House. <laughs> it wasn't at 
a house. It was just called Party House. So it was a place and it's actually kind of clever. Um, probably like teen night or something because I don't know how they would have gotten to another place. But anyway, Sarah and her arrived together at this party, which was like a juggalo party, by the way. So there's like a bunch of SCP fans dancing around like, hey, I'm a juggalo. I'm a juggalo. Whoop, whoop. Let's get our party on. So uh, Adrian noticed a guy like almost right away and she became very flirty with him. Sarah was seeing this and she's like, what the fuck? And she was getting raged. Like she's just like people were saying her face was red and she's losing her shit over Adrian just flirting with a guy. Oh, Adrian's losing the test. Okay. Adrian ended up sleeping with this guy at the party. And Sarah found out about it. And Sarah took this as betrayal. The last thing we want her to feel is betrayal. She is a loose cannon. And she's about to blow. Oh, Lord, is she about to blow. Sarah was getting very jealous of Adrian. One, she was in love with her. Two, she was popular and getting attention from boys. And the Biggest one, number three, she was becoming more popular than Sarah. This fucked with Sarah, and Adrian wasn't needing her anymore. So really, Sarah is not at a good place right now. So unhealthy. This is all kinds of unhealthy. She needs that control. She she needs that control over Corey. She needs that control over Adrian. She needs to be the one calling the shots. Now, that same night at another party, so Adrian left and went to another party, she slept with another guy. Come on, Adrian. I'm going to call you a slut real quick because two guys in one night? Ew, gross. Well, Sarah showed up at that party. Oh, God. Last... Sarah, just get out of our lives. Sarah started screaming at her and calling her a whore and all the names that you can imagine in the book just going off on Adrienne in front of the entire party. She's trying to hit her. She's just kicking. She's just screaming. And she told her that she didn't deserve to live. Scary. Oh my gosh. She's so scary. I would never want her screaming at me. And poor Adrienne felt humiliated and she left crying. Now, Corey followed her because he was also at this party, and he went to console her. Oh, you guys, I'm nervous for what's coming. (laughs) Now, this time is when Adrian started to notice Corey more than a friend. Mm -mm, No, girl. mm -mm, No, don't do it. That's Sarah's little bitch, dude. Don't, Don't even go there. You've already failed her test miserably. Why that is even a question, I don't know. Now, there is chemistry happening between them, no doubt. No doubt. And it's like, no, no, no. Sarah cannot know. She needs to control Corey. She can't have Adrian loving Corey. So they're going behind Sarah's back, flirting with each other. And they would even pass lovey notes all behind Sarah's back because, you know. Now, one note that she wrote to Corey, she said she felt safe with him and that she could trust him. Which really blows and sucks for... This Dingleberry, what he does later, like she really trusted him and he failed her. 
<sighs> so they're doing this behind Sarah's back. And one night they go to the movies. Well, Sarah found out about it and that's not good. It's, is it really ever good when it comes to Sarah finding out things though? No, I'm terrified of her and she is behind bars and she terrifies me. Like, it's never a good thing, okay? And I don't know how she found out, but she did. So, <laughs> Sarah now feels sad and betrayed by Corey and now has left feeling betrayed by Adrian to being threatened by her. How? I, I mean, Adrian is really not doing the best things that she could do for herself in this situation, but, like... How is she, how does Sarah feel threatened? Oh, because she's taken her place as Queen Bee. That's right. Jealous, petty bullshit. She told, now Sarah told everyone not to talk to Adrian at all and bath melt her all over the place, calling her a slut, a whore, just everything. Now, Adrian was smart. She was like, I'm not going to fight back. I'm not going to fight back with words. I'm not going to spread lies and rumors. I'm not going to be... That person, I'm going to try to be friends with her. So good for you, Adrian, taking the high road. Adrian would call her, write letters, making any attempt to make things right and be friends with her again. Sarah was a bitch and this and a complete monster. Okay, so she was just brushing it off. Now on uh, January 21st, 2005, out of the blue, Sarah calls Adrian and asks her if she wants to go to lunch with her at Taco Bell. Holy fuck, you guys. I love me some Taco Bell. It hurts me the next day, but it's totally worth it, right? Anybody else? No, seriously, like me and my husband, every two weeks on a Friday or a Saturday, we're watching our show together or a movie together. It's like 9 p.m., 9.30. Our daughter's in bed and we order us some DoorDash, and not just any DoorDash, Taco Bell. Oh, oh my God. It's disgusting how I murder a Crunchwrap Supreme with the fire sauce. It's seriously so good. Oh my gosh. I love it. Oh, okay. Enough with my Taco Bell obsession. God damn it. Now I want some Taco Bell. Sarah invited her to lunch at Taco Bell to reconcile, be friends, and make up. No, she doesn't. Mm -mm. Nope, nope, nope. Say no, Adrian. Now, Adrian happily says, yes, let's go talk. So Adrian, Sarah, Corey, and a guy named Sean all roll up to Taco Bell at lunchtime in the daylight during a busy time. Let's throw that out there. Lunchtime, daylight, busy time. And also, who the hell is Sean and where did he come from? I have questions on this, by the way. He has never mentioned anywhere in any source that I read. He was just randomly in the car. He's been a friend of them. Now, don't worry. Sean is innocent. He left the car before any of the real bad stuff happened. So Sean is good. He actually kind of does the right thing. But, you know, I still have questions. Who is Sean? Who is he? Sarah and Adrienne were in the front seats of the car. Sarah in the driver's seat, of course. And Corey and Sean were in the back. Now, Corey said in interviews that the tension was so uncomfortable and all around 
insane. Now, he said he was in that back seat just waiting for a fight to break out. Like he could feel it. You could cut that tension with a knife. They pulled in and parked, and immediately upon that parking, the two girls just started screaming at each other and going at it. I am imagining hitting and things like that, too. Corey is in the back watching this, not stopping any of it. Like, dude, he could have stopped it. Now, he later said that he was just letting them work it out, but Sarah's hitting her, and they're just screaming and screaming. This is when she went out with Corey behind her back because of this. She's like, you can't go see him. Like, this is over. She Sarah doesn't want Corey, by the way. But she doesn't want her. And Adrian doesn't want him. Uh-oh, I hear something. My daughter's crying. Um, now, where was I? Sorry. So she grabs Adrian's hair like very aggressively and she turns her towards the back and she says, you stop seeing Corey. Now, Sean was yelling, stop, stop, stop. Now, Sarah told him, you don't like it? Get out of my car. So this is when Sean was like, yep, I'm out of here. So he did. Now, again, she's pointing Adrian to Corey and just saying, Stay away from him. Corey just sits there, does nothing to stop it, and just lets it happen. He said he just wanted them to fight it out, and it was going to happen eventually, so just let it happen. Adrian landed a punch on Sarah's nose, and this is when Corey finally stepped in, but not really. He took off his belt and held Adrian's hands while they both strangled her to death with the belt. Corey. Now, Corey later said, I love her. I'll do anything for Sarah. What? Now, Corey said Sarah cried. That she was crying. And was like, no, bitch. Now, Corey and her were both like, cool. How do we get rid of her? We can't call the police. But my question, you guys, is how did no one at this Taco Bell hear or see this? It's daylight. It's lunchtime. It's very busy. And actually, one guy did say that he saw that car rocking around, but he couldn't see the windows. They were all fogged up because it was very cold outside, guys. It was January in Illinois. There's lots of snow around. I don't know what that's like, except for it did randomly snow in Tucson. (laughs) But... It's just, uh, he just thought like people were getting it on in the Taco Bell parking lot. I mean, okay. I mean, I get it. Taco Bell's awesome. Okay. It was just so sad. They don't know that Adrienne is actually dead at this point. So why not call an ambulance? Nope. Sarah's like, my grandpa has a farm. That's a great place to bury a body. Excuse me, what? Her brain goes to like. Instead of calling the cops like it was an accident or like anything, she's like, we got to bury, we got to bury her. So they get there and they try to bury her, but the ground is frozen. They're digging and it's just not getting anywhere. So these two smart ones say, hey, let's wrap her up in a tarp and throw gasoline on her 
and burn her to death. Well, she's already dead, but you know what I mean. Now, it takes a lot to burn a body, by the way, so it didn't work, but they ran out of gasoline, had to get more. They're just, I mean, burning, uh, burning a body, it's not going to work, okay? But they, they tried this, and they had to get more gasoline, but when that didn't work, what do they think they do next? Now, Sarah's like, oh, well, we couldn't bury her. Her body didn't burn. So the only thing to do is to cut her up to pieces, dispose of her. <sighs> oh my God. Corey, now Corey finally steps in and is like, nah, I won't do that. I love you, but I will not do that. I will not chop up a body for you. Nope, not going to do it. So randomly, they call this guy from school. He's not even a friend, by the way. Just some random guy at school that's a real shithead named Nate Gaudet. He's known around school to be into blood and gore and he kills animals. So, yeah, he's the one they called because they're like, hey, he'll cut him up. Why not? Sarah and Corey called him and they said, hey, this is what happened. This is what's going on. We tried to bury her. We tried to burn her, but we need to cut her up and was hoping you could help us out with that. Nate was like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. Without even thinking. Who who are these people? Like, who is just like, yeah, I'll go cut up a body for you. Like, what the hell? So the next day, they all go to poor Adrian's dead, burned body. And Nate cuts her up. Now, he cuts off her head and her arms and just goes at it. Now, Sarah and Corey are behind or him watching him do this, and they're talking and listening to music as this was happening. And they said it was to help them not see and take their minds off what was happening. Excuse me? You shouldn't have done it in the first place. What do you mean you didn't want to see what was happening and take your minds off of it? What? No, uh-uh, you don't have the right to say that, no. Now, they dumped most of her into a ravine on the farm and then covered her with branches. So they didn't even, like, she's in pieces, though, but, like, they didn't even, like, try to hide her that well. But they placed her head and her arms in a trash bag, and then they left to go to McDonald's to get something to eat. What? Now, they were hungry. That was a lot of work. They need to eat. Now, Corey was asked, how could you eat after that? And Corey said, well, we were high. We've been smoking all day. Uh, excuse me, what? Still, like you killed somebody and you chopped up, well, you didn't chop up a body, but you tried to burn her. And you want to go get a cheeseburger at McDonald's? Oh, that diarrhea that I hope happened to you, you fucking scumbag. And I get it, you know, when you're high, you're hungry, but still. But don't blame the weed. No, don't. Now, after that, they went to a park to figure out where to bury her head and hands. So, with that said, they went to McDonald's with Adrienne's head and arms in the car. <sighs> and then at a park, they're going to bury her? Seriously? Like, people go to the park. Adrienne's parents were starting to worry. 
<coughs> she didn't come home from school on Friday. And so they were alarmed actually by this when on Friday she didn't show up for work. And it's very strange. She never missed her shift. She loved her job at Wendy's. Now that same night on Friday, they filed a missing report, missing persons report. Now police were kind of like she ran away and police were like, you know, like they always do. And her dad's like, no, she loved her job. She was trying to turn her life around. She had a paycheck and she didn't pick that up. So like what kid is going to run away without money? It was just like, anyway. So police started asking kids around school and several kids said that she left school on Friday to go have lunch with Sarah. So people saw them, of course. Police questioned Sarah and it was super awkward, okay? So they called Sarah and she told them that they dropped Adrian off at the McDonald's after they ate lunch at Taco Bell. The The McDonald's was like a block from Adrian's house, like almost across the street. And so they dropped her off there because Adrian didn't want her dad seeing her in the car with a boy because he would get mad. Now she was going to walk home from there. But her dad later said like he, he would have been upset, but at the same time, like just knowing that she was safe. Now at this point, nobody knows that she's dead. Okay. So, uh, Sarah says that was the last time she saw her and then said she probably ran away. But if you do hear anything about her, please let me know. (sighs) What a fucking liar. Police were like, uh, that was weird and called her again. Sarah attempted to, or like admitted to not liking Adrian because she liked a boy and don't get me wrong. Like she didn't, Sarah doesn't like Corey like that. She just wanted to control the control. Wah, Sarah, she said, I did hit her, but she hit me back and there was a fight in the car during a busy lunch hour at Taco Bell. She said, you stay away from me and I'll stay away from you. And then they parted their ways. And so she doesn't know what happened to Adrian after that. Police also thought this was suspicious. Now, remember when I said in the beginning, the school required all the kids to keep journals. And my question is who the hell was checking these journals? Because this might've been avoided. I, I don't know for sure. I can't speak on that, but uh, I feel like it might have raised some flags with Sarah and we wouldn't be in the position that we are in. Sarah's was very interesting and I think that if anyone would have checked them, which I'm now positive that they didn't, that Sarah would not be, she'd be in a mental institution, okay? Sarah put in her journal for school on January 21st, the day that they killed Adrian. And this is what she wrote that same day. I might be getting expelled today for spreading the gif. Stupid bitch needs to back off my Kool-Aid. She's going to give him a note and I'll fucking kill her. Okay, so let me break that down for you. First of all, hilarious. Back off my Kool-Aid. Now, she says... She's going to get expelled today for spreading the GIF. 
So something you should know, Jif, like the peanut butter, that's what the reference is. Sarah called Adrian Jif. This was a nickname because Adrian was like spreading her legs. You know, she was kind of a, what's a minute, she was kind of a little slut. Um, so Sarah would call her Jif like she was spreading the peanut butter. So spreading the Jif. I'm pretty sure that in this, that's kind of clever, but at the same time, so mean. I'm sorry. I had to say that. <laughs> but anyway, so in this journal interesting entry, she's saying spreading the GIF, like she's going to kill Adrian, because I think she meant like she was actually going to spread Adrian all over the place, right? I'm guessing, because I don't know what else that would mean, but anyway, that's what they mean. GIF, they called her GIF, and that's just sad. Mm, it kind of makes me not like that peanut butter anymore. <laughs> oh, good old Sarah giving her that nickname, right? Now, on top of that journal entry, that day that they that she killed Adrian, were others. And one of them said, I'm annoyed by people. I just want to slaughter them. Excuse me, what? And there were other journal entries that said, I might hurt myself today. Yep, these are all completely normal entries. So my question was, who is checking these journals? Nobody. Now, it was very obvious in that journal entry on January 21st that Sarah planned this. She even mapped out how she was going to get her to go to lunch. Oh, no, this was all premeditated. This was no accident. Mm -mm, nope. Mm -mm. Now, Corey... Oh, Corey, I really do hate you. Three days later, Corey was like, broke down to his parents and he's like, Sarah got a lawyer. We're going to need to get a lawyer. And he, his dad's like, rightfully so, his dad's like, okay, why? What do you know? And Corey broke down and told them everything okay now his dad was like okay i'm gonna go call the police on you and he did he called the police on his own son now when Corey's dad was asked if that was a hard thing to do and i love this answer i love Corey's dad there's a damn mosquito in here and it keeps flying in front of my screen and i'm mm, where the hell did it come from Anyway, I love Corey's dad because what he said was, no, it's the right thing to do. A family needs to know where their daughter is. So no, it was not hard. Mm -mm, no. If it was my child, I would want to know. Now, four days after her death, so this was just four days after. So very, very quickly, this all plays out. Corey led the police to her body and they led them down a steep path on the farm. And there she was with her head and her hands in a manhole. And oh my God, this mosquito. Um, police, fucker. Um, her poor dad had to hear everything about what happened. Now, he never thought his daughter was dead. Okay. So police just show up to her parents' house in the middle of the night. They're like, knock, knock, knock. 
um, they said, hey, we have found Adrian. Now, her dad at this point must have felt like I would have felt relief, like not knowing she's dead, right? He's probably like, oh, my God, you know, she's alive. She's in the hospital somewhere. Tell me, tell me, tell me. No, he never, ever thought his daughter was dead. And his her dad, like I said, had to hear everything that happened. How awful to hear this. How scarring. How traumatizing. To just have the cops show up in the middle of the night and you think your daughter's hurt somewhere in a hospital and you learn that not only was she dead, but how. Adrienne was so unrecognizable because she was burned so bad and dismembered. She was unrecognizable. But because Corey took them to her, they knew it was her. But I think if they would have just stumbled upon her, it would have taken a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It would have taken a lot of uh, investigative work and whatever they do to figure out who that was because she was she was unrecognizable. On February 1st, 2005, so a couple weeks later, uh, Sarah and Corey were both charged with two counts of first-degree murder and one count concealing a homicide. Now, Nathan, remember her buddy Nathan, the body chopper? Mm-hmm. Yeah, him. Mm-hmm. They didn't forget about him. Nathan was also charged for doing his part in the dismembering of her body. Like, good. That's good, right? Mm. Now, Sarah was sentenced to 53 years in prison, and Corey was sentenced to 45 years. Now, Nate was sentenced to five years in a detention center. And when Corey and, well, not Corey, sorry. When Nathan got out, and we're now in 2012... Nathan died in a motorcycle accident, so haha, <laughs> good riddance. What a piece of shit. Oh, this was just all over brutal, right? How does this not infuriate you? Like, who was reading those journals? And also, I'm going to get out my calculator right now because if Sarah was like 17 when she went into prison, if she only got 53 years, like how old does that put her at? Okay, she's going to be 70 when she gets out. That's scary. 70 to me doesn't seem that old. I mean, I look at my daddy's like in his 70s, his early 70s, and he's thriving. Sarah is scary. Don't let that bitch out. Mm-mm, no. Mm-mm, no, please don't. And I'm glad I don't live in Illinois. I actually don't know where she's imprisoned at. But wow, guys, that was that was a tough one, right? I know I said I was going to bring you another cannibal case today, but we just did easy not that long ago, and I felt the need to say this one. God, this case pisses me off. This mosquito is biting me. Well, that was our case for today, and I hope everybody is okay after that one. And you can see the scary Sarah and the bitch little ass Corey on my Instagram at Twisted Wicked Crime the Pod. And again, you can always send me case suggestions. I love it. I have a slew of cases, but I'd love to hear what you have at twistedwickedcrimethepodcast at gmail.com. And side note, I started a cooking Instagram that I think I don't remember the name to right now. (laughs) Um, I want to start doing some cooking videos and things like that. So if you're into that, you can follow me on that too. Um, It's cooking with Nina at Instagram and Yeah, I hope everybody has a beautiful rest of their Sunday. I'm excited for Yellow Jackets tonight. Let me know if you watch it.
I don't really remember last season because it was forever ago. So I hope they do a nice big long recap. Um, but I'm going to have my beer, my guy, and our show. And I'm going to get ready for the work week break now. But I hope everybody has a beautiful rest of their Sunday. And I'll talk to you later. Bye.